there we go. Welcome to the Health Leaders Podcast, the place for peer-sourced and solution-focused insights for healthcare executives, with new episodes airing every Tuesday. My name is Eric Wickland, and I'm the Technology and Innovations Editor here at Health Leaders. Today, we're talking to Dr. Rashir Shah, Regional Stroke, uh, Regional Stroke Director for CHI Memorial in Chattanooga, part of the Common Spirit Health Network. We'll be talking about how they're using new technologies, such as telehealth, and AR and VR in stroke treatment and care, and how you're setting the standard for, for stroke care now and in the future. Hello, Dr. Shah. Hey, good morning, Eric. Uh, how are you doing? Fine, and, and thanks for joining us this morning, uh, joining us this morning in a, a wonderful spring morning, I think. Um, so we're talking uh, stroke, stroke services. Uh, telestroke certainly is the uh, fast becoming the standard of care for the use of telehealth in stroke services. Can you tell me a little bit about how you're using some of these technologies now? Hey, thank you once again, Eric, for having me here. Uh, and uh, good morning, everyone who's listening to this podcast. So uh, I think for for the for, it's important for your listener to understand like why we are talking about stroke today, right? And as, as as we all know, the stroke is kind of the leading cause of disability in the world, and it's the fifth leading cause of death in the U.S. In U.S. itself, there are around 800,000 stroke occurs every year, and one out of four stroke, around 135,000 strokes, are recurrent stroke. So it's important to understand the cause of the stroke. There, when we when somebody comes with a stroke in the hospital. It's we have come a far along in acute treatment for the stroke, but we're still not doing a great job identifying the cause of the stroke and how we can prevent the stroke uh, or recurrent stroke in the future, as along with the primary stroke prevention as well. According to like 2019 JAMA publication, there are like around 40% strokes are cryptogenic stroke, which means we do not know the etiology of those strokes. And the, with the help of technology, with the help of AI, certainly we can uh, do better job in diagnosing the stroke. So there are several, several technologies, as Eric mentioned, all the way from telemedicine uh, and other AI technology that we, can, we have implemented here at the Common Spirit uh, to diagnose the stroke, do the acute management, and as well as the secondary prevention of the stroke. So when we, the common spirit has a big network of telemedicine, tele, telemedicine, especially when it comes to stroke care. So any patient who comes to the emergency room, within, within minutes, they get seen and evaluated by the stroke trained doctors, and uh, they, they get the uh, any acute stroke evaluation and treatment in timely fashion. So that's the part of the acute treatment. And, and our stroke team has long been part of many innovation in the, in, the, in the stroke world. So one of the technology that we implemented, we launched from uh, with our team is called Wiz AI. Uh, so it's a Wiz artificial intelligence. So what that technology does is basically identifying any patient comes with the stroke-like symptoms. We do the CT scan, uh, and then they go to the vessel imaging of the brain, uh, which is called CT angiography. And this technology detect that if there is a blockage in the brain vessels, it detect, auto-detect that even before the radiologist look at the images, and within 
three to five minutes, it sent us a notification that this there is a blockage in the, one of the big vessels in the brain and something needs to be done for that. And the whole team got activated. And we, this technology was launched by our team and has been implemented worldwide right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and that has significantly reduced the time to treatment for the stroke. So when it comes to stroke, we know that every minute matters. Every minute you lose 2 million neurons in the brain. So this is just the one example that how we kind of launched that and how that has cut down the timing of the stroke treatment. But the another important technology that why we are talking today is the secondary stroke prevention, right? Like somebody comes with a stroke and as we know, we have come a long way in treating the patients with the acute stroke that we can give them a clot busting medication, which is known as thrombolytics. Then we can remove the clot from the brain vessel, which is known as a thrombectomy. But once that is done, what are we doing to finding out the reason for the stroke? So in that regards, as I mentioned, around 25 to 50% strokes considered to be cryptogenic. That means we do not know when the patient gets discharged from the hospital, we do not know their etiology of the stroke. And, and one of the techniques, the technology that we are using is called transcranial Doppler, robotic transcranial Doppler, that basically help us identify the connection between the right heart and left heart uh, with the bubble study, also known as PFO, patent foramen ovale, and that can be the reason for the patient's stroke. And if we detect it in timely fashion and can treat it, that can certainly reduce the risk of recurrent stroke in the future. Hmm. So you're uh, you're using technology both before or, or as as the patient's coming into the hospital and, and later on too for for continuing treatment. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Um, what are the what are what are the challenges uh, to using the these new technologies? And, and, you know, AI is is, is it's, it's a popular topic right now, but there's not everybody is, is convinced that that that, that, AI, that AI has gotten to that stage where it can be uh, used accurately in clinical care. It it sounds like you're you're doing some good things with it. No, I think uh, we all know that. AI in healthcare is the next big thing, and whether we get along with it or not, that's gonna happen, right? Like we're gonna utilize more and more. And even if you you might not realize in day-to-day -day how much you are using AI in healthcare uh, when you are treating your patients. So it's just you have to be more observant in your day-to-day -day practice at how much uh, you are utilizing it. So let me give you background about the transgenal Doppler. Okay. Uh, so, so the main study that we do for secondary prevention and identifying the cause for the stroke is the called transcranial Doppler bubble study. So the bubble study is basically diagnostic test to evaluate the presence of a shunt, uh, which is an abnormal connection between the right side and the left side of the heart. Mm -hmm. So it is a non-invasive test, ultrasound. It's used ultrasound technique. And during the bubble study, a small amount of saline with the mix of small amount of air inject into the vein in your arms. And this if this TCD machine is in your head, it basically detecting the blood vessels and blood flow into the brain. 
So when you inject the solution and if you have a connection between the right heart and the left heart, that fluid with the air will cross from right to left and will go into the brain, which will be picked up by this TCD machine and can tell you that there is a connection between the right heart and left heart. So why we are doing this and we already do the echocardiogram, conventional transthoracic echocardiogram when somebody has a stroke to find out any problem in the heart. But we, when we know like the transthoracic echocardiogram only has sensitivity around 50% when it comes to detect this right to left shunt, right? Mm -hmm. And with TCD, the sensitivity go up to like around 94%. And that's why we, we, we can miss so many of those shunt, which can be potential etiology for patient stroke. Uh, and, and that can be missed and not treated and can come with a recurrent stroke in the future. So we did this, uh, but of course, everything has to be proved, right? Like we have to do clinical trials and we did like a big clinical trial, multi-site multi uh, prospective clinical trial, which compared the transthoracic echocardiogram with the transclinal Doppler, robotic transclinal Doppler, which was mainly developed by Nova Signal Company, uh, which, which compared the trans echocardiogram with the transclinal Doppler. And it shows that Basically, you find three times more shunt compared with the echocardiogram when you do the transcranial Doppler. Not just that, that you find three times more shunt, but you, time, you find three times more shunt, which can be, which are significant enough that can be potential etiology of the stroke, and that can be intervened or in other terms can be closed by cardiologists, so that can prevent the future stroke. So the main challenge is like historically, the one of the biggest obstacle has been having like for this technology that you need a trained technologist to do this, right? Like you need like somebody to, because your brain is protected by skull and usually the ultrasound cannot pierce the skull. You, you have a very small window that you have to find to, to have find that uh, brain blood vessel signal. So, you, and for that you need a trained technology. So what NOAA signals, FDA clear technology basically combines non-invasive ultrasound robotics and AI to assess cerebral hemodynamics in real time. So it, it automatically detects the blood vessels and detect the blood flow without having any trained technologies. So that has changed the whole entire game. Uh, and this trial was basically done with that technology without needing for any technologies. Like our research coordinator put that machine on and they detect the blood vessel by itself and you can just inject this uh, saline and you can find out whether they have a connection between the right heart and left heart. So that technology definitely has eliminated the need for any trained technologies. The other biggest challenge you find is awareness and education among the providers. That we know now this technology is available, but there are still not a big of awareness that, hey, when it comes to stroke, finding out the reason for the stroke is as important when you treat them acutely. Uh, and that's many hospitals. It can be more awareness is needed. And basically, this technology should be part of your day-to-day -day workflow when you when you are treating a, uh, a stroke patients and uh, trying to find out the etiology for the stroke. So. We are being a part of Common Spirit that has given us a lot of leverage that we are part of like 142 hospital networks. And Dr. Tom Devlin, who is the chairman of the National Common Spirit 
neuroscience committee, and I'm a co-director of the stroke committee for the same uh, neuroscience committee. Uh, so we have like a week monthly meeting with the entire neuroscience uh, team for the common spirit. And we are trying to deploy this technology, this, uh, this workflow across the many other hospital system that this should be a part of your day-to-day -day workflow. And we can make a big impact in preventing this uh, stroke happening again. Nice. Are you seeing, uh, now this, this system's already in place, are you seeing, um, you've done some studies on this, so it, it's proved that there are there are uh, positive clinical outcomes using these tests. That's right. So that that was the trial that I mentioned was presented at uh, American Heart Association International Stroke Conference in 2022 at the main closing event, and it was well well received. And then we did our own outside of that, like the centers who were involved in the clinical trial. We did our own individual study as well, uh, which was like a retrospective analysis of our own data that compared with our internal studies and compared with the echocardiogram. And it shows the same amount of uh, shunt finding uh, that we were we found with the, that original clinical trial and same amount of uh, intervenable uh, shunt as well. So that trial actually true even in the real world, it's showing the same amount of uh, connection right to left shunt compared to the regular uh, conventional transversic echocardiogram. Yeah. How do you see these types of technologies evolving? You know, what more would you like to use them for in the future? So it, it, this is just a one aspect of this technology that how we use it, right? That, like mm -hmm. what I discussed about Wiz AI technology. So the Wiz AI technology initially developed to look for a clot in the brain. Uh, now we are leveraging this technology because with the AI, these engineers can do genius. Like they can do, like you just tell them a problem and they will come up with a solution that, hey, this is how we can do it. So it just, with the right clinical lead, you can make, you can do wonders with these technologies. So like like with the Wiz AI now, you can, what you can do is not just detecting the blockage in the bl blood vessels, but you can now detect the hemorrhage. If there's somebody has a hemorrhage in the uh, brain that you can uh, detect, uh, that technology can detect automatically and send you the message right away. If you have aneurysm in the brain, sometimes the aneurysm can be missed by the radiologist if it's too small, but this technology has evolved and then give us like up to two or three millimeter aneurysm can be detected by this technology. And uh, that has helped a lot of prevention of aneurysm rupture as well. And, and so forth, so far, like they have now developing the technology that detect the things in the in the lungs, in the abdomen, aorta, and it so there's like so much they can they are doing right now with that technology outside the brain as well. With the same thing, like with this Nova Signal Transcranial Doppler, we can do much more than what we are doing right now. When the stroke patients or any neurological patient comes in the emergency room, we monitor everything like their heart rate, their blood pressure, their oxygen saturation. They are on the heart monitor, but they come with a brain problem and we are not monitoring their brain circulation, right? Mm -hmm. So we, with this technology, we are hoping that we can monitor their blood, uh, basically blood flow in, in the brain 
either they coming into the emergency room when they are in ICU. Uh, as I talked to you, like we, we do the thrombectomy for this acute stroke patients, right? After the thrombectomy, we remove the clot. We do not know where do we keep their blood pressure because now their, their brain was not getting enough blood flows. At that point, it makes sense to keep their blood pressure on the higher end to demand to make like to uh, for the demand supply issue right in the brain. But mm -hmm. once we remove the clot out, how do we, where do we keep, keep the blood pressure? With this technology, it basically measures the velocity in the in your brain vessels. And that can tell you, okay, if you keep your blood pressure at this level, the velocity is in the normal range. So that gives you guidance. So with this technology, we are hoping that we it will give us a blood pressure guidance in the future for this post-thrombectomy patient. When you are doing the heart procedure or even you are doing the procedure in your neck vessels, you can put this machine in your brain, uh, it continues to monitor the blood flow. If it's showing any clot in your brain, right, from the heart or from the uh, neck vessels, it can detect right away. And you know that that is a stroke possibly happening in the brain and you want, you can intervene in timely fashion. Right now, only way you find out when patient wakes up after one day from this major procedure or that they have a stroke because they are not moving their right side or they're not moving their left side. So with this technology, you can detect the stroke in real time as well. And like there are many other implications in the traumatic brain injury, uh, in uh, other heart surgeries that you can uh, make implication of this technology. So there is many, much more you can do with this. Uh, and ultimate goal is that put this machine in the ambulance that as soon as somebody come with a stroke, you put this machine on their brain and that tells you that they are not getting the blood flow on this side of the brain. This is, there is a clot in the brain, take them to the procedure right away without doing a CT scan and take that clot out. So you can cut down the treatment time much more, like significant time cut down with this technology. So that's the ultimate goal to put this machine in the ambulance when somebody coming with a stroke. Yeah, and that actually was going to be my next question: is 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 the the use of this technology now limited geographically? Are you you're able to use it in some of the larger health systems? You mentioned eventually getting into the ambulance with it. Uh, can can this be used by smaller health uh, hospitals and clinics out in rural areas? Certainly, as as I mentioned, this is that's the beauty of this technology, right? You mm. do not need a trained tech technician, trained technologist yes. to do this study. So because this is AI trained technology, so as soon as you put the machine on, it detects the brain flow, it detects. So there is very limited things and it interpret as well part of the study uh, for you that how many bubbles or how many emboli you saw or the, it detects a system. So yes, it can easily implement across the United States, even in the rural settings and even the small hospital settings as well. I see. How prevalent are you using it within uh, Common Spirit? How many health systems are using this technology now within, common, within your uh, network? So uh, I think we are still in the initial phase of deploying across the common spirit. Uh, there are a uh, few hospitals. I don't remember the exact number on top of my head, uh, but there are few hospitals right now that they have utilizing. Of course, one, one of our hospitals been using it from the very beginning. There are other big uh, healthcare center in the U.S. like Swedish, 
Methodist Hospital in Houston, University of Tennessee in Memphis, and many more big academic centers been using it. You just have to show and make more awareness across many, like the across the healthcare system, to make it more widely available and used. Uh, and that's what we are doing, starting from the our internal common spirit and take it across the U.S. Yeah, yeah, and of course that takes time to uh, to get others on board with this type of technology. Definitely, you're right. It's it's just uh, perception. You have to show them that that this working. And I give you the example that we had a 30 year old woman that mm -hmm. basically in like three, four years ago, she had a stroke, right? You can imagine at age 30, you have a stroke and then you being told that, oh, we do not know why you have a stroke, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and the, uh, you have to live with that uh, anxiety for the rest of your life. And that patient came to us after three years they moved to the new area and that patient came to us after three years after they have extensive workup, which we consider extensive workup for a stroke. And they were told that there is no reason to be found. And then we did this TCD study for that patient and she uh, has this big connection between the PFO uh, between uh, in her heart. And that was potential reason for her stroke. And we closed that with the cardio, with the help of cardiologist. And, and that was like the perfect example how this technology can save uh, the future stroke. Uh, so it, it does make a big difference. So you have to show this community, the stroke world, this kind of cases and this kind of studies to be more uh, acceptable for this technology. Yes, very nice. Good, good example. Um, is there anything that has surprised you about how this technology is working for you or what it can do for you? No, it's always like uh, one like where you have like a direct visualization of the heart with transthoracic echocardiogram. And even the transesophageal echocardiogram where you go from the back of your, from the throat and look at the back of the heart for direct visualization of the heart. Even with those two technology, you can miss this shunt because sometimes you need a good uh, effort to do this, to look for this shunt. And with this transcendent Doppler, you can easily produce that effort to look for the shunt. So it's just a surprise that how many times you can miss a big connection, big shunt with conventional echocardiogram that you can find on this transcendent Doppler study. Very good. Nice. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Dr. Shah, for for joining us today on this. I I find it fascinating because I know at the at the at the onset of this podcast, I I said you know there were so many effort or so many advances being made in telehealth technology, but as as you're showing, there's there's a lot more to it than just tele telestroke and and some of the advances with with the, with the software with with AI that can be used now for stroke treatment are really fascinating. No, thank you so much for having me and I hope I give you some insight for your listeners that how we diagnose stroke and how important it is to find a reason for the stroke because it's very important to prevent the recurrent stroke. Yes, definitely. Okay, thank you for listening to the Health Leaders Podcast. We will be back next Tuesday with more healthcare industry insights.